So, okay, we're going to enjoy the fact that we are a small, intimate group. We um, probably will swell a little bit as things go on, as people get on the streetcar or whatever. But um, for now, hi. I'm glad you're here. And there's only one totally unfamiliar face, at least to me, for these, and this is Kevin. And Kevin, tell us one little thing about yourself. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Uh, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. But you have lots to write about, so there you go. Yeah, it, it, it works that way. That, that, Such a, such a narrow view of things. But anyway, tonight um, tonight we're going to backtrack a teeny bit because Roz has a fantastic poem that she wrote based on, oh, I love that poem. It's, uh, it combines food and art in a way, or unexpected, and certainly an unexpected source. It, 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 yeah, it made, it made use of both of the themes we were playing around with last time, which Robin observed did work very well together. And, um, and I meant to, I thought I was Xeroxing one of my own very humble efforts in the same vein on the back of the one I printed out for Roz, but no, I don't have Roz's, so she's going to read it, and I wish I had written this poem, Roz. Oh, no, it's true. Not until they get their work done, right? <laughs> so, yes, I do. You may have to read it twice because it's hard without the handout. wanted to write that poem about how there's nothing in the middle of all those layers. But you've also got the shape. And, I mean, is that some kind of an onion? That is what I call an onion. That is My apotheosis of onion.
Really, oh wow! My, all the, um, I think all or most of the handouts. The main one for tonight is the one with the alarming crone on the front. And I don't think I didn't get anything from anybody else. I wrote one that I actually have that I thought was that was on. I thought it was on the back of yours. I, I loused up badly, and this was started as a parody based on what we were talking about because we were talking about how the two themes that what I learned from a weird source and food experiences seem to actually work together. But we had also talked a little bit about the pleasures and dangers of uh, cultural references, especially recent ones. And I started this as a parody because every single line has some kind of a, a pop culture reference in it. It's not required reading. And you know, I was, I was playing around with it. And then I read Vaz's poems and I, poem and I thought, OK, I give up. But anyway, I ha this is in the interest of not wasting paper, or I wouldn't even be giving it out. Here, I could just pass these around. I know you'll do it better than, than I would. But, um, yeah. And there was somebody, I think Tim Ward gave her his copy. There was somebody who needed a copy of the handout from the first workshop, the one on the Fibonacci sequence. Okay, I made one, but I, I think the person who had wanted it actually has Tim's, and Tim is not here. So anyhow, um, where did that thing go? Yeah, this is, this is just a, a burst of silliness, but as, as I went on, and I don't know whether this has ever happened to you too, sometimes you start out in a burst of silliness, and then you begin to kind of warm to it and think, oh, Okay, and then I decided I will just ask one question. Do, do people know who Howard Hughes was? It's so wonderful that he designed uh, Jane Russell's bra for the movie uh, the, outs the Outsider? The Outlaw, right. And of course, he's an aerodynamic engineer, or was, among other things. But that was, that was a bra that Madonna has learned from that bra. And, uh, I think that probably the one that everybody can recognize is Lard, which is not a pop culture reference exactly, but the yumminess of Lard is probably going to seem evil. It already does if you read the ingredients on things. I, I search for it, but that's beside the point. But anyway, I just brought it in because I had, I had done it. Yep, it's, it's pig fat. It's pig fat, which is why... I don't get the store. If I ever get pre-made pie crust, it is not the store brand because that does not use lard. Guts to have, guts to have that fat. But um, I'm just curious. Are there any references there that nobody in the whole room recognizes? 
Is anybody willing to say? Yeah, I mean, this is so inconsequential, but I was... Hmm? I'm sorry. Oh, Moonbeam McSwine. Anybody for Moonbeam McSwine? You're as old as I am. Moonbeam McSwine. Okay, hint. All the, the reason why these seven dark ladies are seven dark ladies is because when I was young, believe it or not, I had black hair, and um, it's Celtic hair. It does it. First, it's, first you're blonde, and then it's black, and then it's white. It's just a, a progression. But um, I used to collect brunette, dark heroines, and all, Moonbeam McSwine was the alter ego kind of the Daisy May. That ring a bell with anybody? Okay, Daisy Maine, she was blonde and she was Lil Abner's consort or whatever. Or, but Moonbeam McSwine lived with pigs. She was gorgeous. And she actually looked like Wonder Woman. She was, and I said, oh yeah, that's, that's who I want to be. <laughs> bring, me, bring me those pigs. And then, of course, that's what led to the lard in the, at the end of the poem. So anyway, it's, it's hardly to be regarded as a poem. Is there any, any other reference there that nobody recognizes? Well, Callie, Callie was just a person in my life. And she was a dark lady who I adored. And she was the best cook in the whole world. So she had to get into a poem that had dark and food in it at the same time. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, if you don't... Oh. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sing you the theme song. The Romance of Helen Trent was a soap opera. It was on around noon. And, and it had, uh, it started with the, this statement. The show that shows you can have romance even at 30 and beyond. This <laughs> <laughs> was that and beyond. What vistas that opened up. But, yeah, the romance of I was hoping that if I could use a reference like that, it sounds sort of like the kind of soap opera-esque thing, but it really was a real one. Any, any other references there? This is, what, this is one of the things that, that your peers can do for you in a group like this because you know what you mean, so only they can tell you that they don't know what you mean. Any, any other references there that are complete mystery? Because I don't, and see, that's the danger with pop culture. Callie was just a woman who, when I was little, my parents both worked. And so she came during the day and took care of me. But then um, she just stayed on because my parents always worked. And, and, uh, and so until I was 12, and she went and she went to New York and got a job as a legitimate masseuse. She was that incredible message but she uh, she left but she waited until I was about to be 13 because she knew I needed her so badly and she uh, taught me a lot of good things and jitterbugging was was a major part of it okay so um, I the reason my email address is here folks don't forget only only Tim and a couple of other people in Roslyn have made use of it but if anybody gets an inspiration for a poem about something that we maybe develop tonight, because you won't have time to write a whole poem tonight, uh, for sure, because we've got so much to do as we talk about ekphrastics. But, well, you might, you know, you probably will be able to write a whole poem tonight because you are incredible. I remember last week's effort. Um, tonight, and this is a handout that a couple of you will recognize because with some additions, it's one that I used last year, and it was really 
difficult for Kim and the rest of the library to put together. So I said, well, why not make life difficult again and use the same one? Um, crone, this crone here. Hmm? Which one? Oh, it's not worth listening to, truly. No, no. But thank you. It's just there's so much to do, but I appreciate it. Yeah, but it was yours is a really good poem. Um, I came across, the, I, I am still working on a book with many interruptions, and that's why I'm still working on it. Uh, and it's probably just going to be called Crone. And we even talked last week about how Crone is a good word. It's a good thing to be. I mean, you're wise, you're old, you survived, you, uh, you kick butt, actually. And so Crone is something that, uh, it, it's a concept I've always kind of enjoyed, especially because so many artists did works called the Three Ages of Women, and they would start with always the Virgin. And she was always real pretty and had flowers in her hair and looked like a May Queen. And then there would be the wife, and she was she put on a little weight, and then there was the crone, who for some reason, and this I just love, for some reason always had uh, gray, of course, and uh, sort of an interesting emaciation. Huh? I'm sorry, say again. Oh, oh, the, oh, oh, that nipple has got to be there on the cover of the book. I'm sorry, I was, I was one, I just, I just thought, oh, for a public institution, I'll, I'll put the title on. But yeah, I mean, you know, those old bags are anatomically correct. And of course, the, the little uh, durr joke is the, the bag of money. But isn't she gleeful? And with a little tooth work, I mean, she's not bad. But um, at any rate, she's, she's my crone, who uh, luckily, of course, Bruegel is uh, out of copyright, so I'll only have to pay the museum to use it for the cover. But I find her very arresting. If you flip the page over, you'll see an artist who inspired uh, the, by now, pretty well-known uh, poet, she just happens to live in Baltimore, uh, Elizabeth Spires, who has an ephrastic poem on the next page. But she wrote a whole book based on the amazing art of the man pictured here. And you can also see a little uh, one of his pieces. And it's a children's book based on comments he had made about his own work. And uh, by the way, I, I forgot to tell you the important thing. The word ekphrastic see that K gives it away. It's a Greek word. Um, it's an adjective. But you can also make it into a noun and just say ekphrastics. It just means poems that are about works of art or songs that are about works of art or uh, basically anything that involves primarily words and words and music that's about art in some other medium. So one of the, a couple of the pieces in here are uh, poems about photographs. And uh, Spire's whole book is ekphrastic. Uh, all, every poem in there is inspired and has a picture of this man's work and of one of them, not this one actually, uh, the poem Rabbit. This is what he actually said about it. Oh, Will see me where I hid. He thunked me with his hammer. He scraped me with his knife. He reached in his fingers, caught hold of my ears, and drew me right out of that chunk of limestone. Whoa. I get, I get chills just reading that because 
every sculpt, do any of you sculpt? Every sculpt, every sculptor I've ever heard talk about their work or read what they said, including Michelangelo, was their idea was that they were setting something free. It was locked in the stone, and then and then they were setting it free. And this says it so succinctly and and beautifully. Of course, he grabbed that rabbit by the ears and pulled him out of the limestone. Uh, her whole, the whole book is. Uh, uh, I heard God talking to me, and William Edmondson, the artist, is quoted directly. I mean, the poems are really built almost completely around his words, appropriated around his words. Good example of ekphrastic art, uh, hers and his, you know, collaborating. And one of her own poems uh, is on the next page. We have so much to do tonight, I'm going to slight some of them, and this actually may be one of them, but uh, her the book cover here is also the basis for several of the poems in the book, including this one. And if you look at the first stanza, which maybe somebody should read to us, uh, you can see that that intricate machinery of which she talks is very kind of present in a beautiful way in the in the uh, 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 piece of Asian art that's there. Could we get a reader for the first stanza? Everybody's just oh, desperate to read. Thank you. Oh, Polly's Island. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean too many cookies. Oh, I thought it was the start of a poem, and I'm no. thinking, I didn't know I had that one in here. The baker's art. Yeah. Sorry. Polly's Island. There was an intricate machinery involved, and a powerful desire to make it all new. It'd be easy then to stand waist deep in the waves. And will the world into existence, sea, sky, and cloud, the ever-changing elements, moving and growing like characters on a stage to live in your mind? Or so she had thought at the time. You gotta read the whole thing here. That was some years ago. She's older now and occasionally returns to respect the charming antique machinery offline and off. Surprised that it still works. And notice that on a day like today, the days in colorless color that no word is will have to do something about that before memory fails her. Down on her knees, she left the old familiar roller to wash her feet. In sign, she explained all the changes that she has last seen. Salt stings her eyes, as if on wires of old stalls through the day's prospect. Down the beach, the girl, small as the dot in her eyes, is waving, waving, but the wind takes her words. The waves ground out whatever it is she's saying. Now, as is true of, I think, all ekphrastic art, it's the art itself is often just a takeoff point, and this one is. In fact, laughing one time, I said I was asking Beth Spires if she had a photograph of, you know, herself as a little girl, you know, waving in the ocean, and she laughed and she said, "Oh, just say that's me. See that little thing that looks like the dot." Yeah, she said, oh, say that's me. So I shall now say that, which I thought was a, a wonderful answer. Um, Beth? I always thought writer is, you know, writers are always trying to describe the way it's not. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's not your average description of a wave, is it? She, it's, I think it's much more, although it certainly talks about a real body of water and her own actual childhood, I think the 
the, the piece of art that forms the cover, which is very stylized, it's much more, uh, the poem is very much related to that image, the, the intricate machine, because it's almost abstract. It's not at all like a, a snapshot you take of me at the ocean. That, if you'll turn to the back here, you will see something wonderful. And I thank Roz for pointing it out to me. It's at the, almost at the back. In fact, it is the very back. The two last pages are of the, the, uh, the title is sort of indistinguishable. It's the top. It's the Musée des Beaux-Arts of 1940 by W.H. Auden. And here is the picture, also by one of the Bruegels, um, that inspired it. And if you will, with, just look with me at the picture for a minute. I know that uh, Francis was uh, very worried about how dark these paintings are here and worried about the conservation aspect. Yeah, and we'll talk about these paintings in a minute. They're hard to see with this particular, you know, they're, 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 they're great, they're vibrant in the daytime. This is nice. Um, but we, they may come in handy for later on this evening. But um, this painting, too, suffers just in reproduction from being very dark. And could anybody who may have already seen the painting and known a little bit about it, can anybody, uh, A, tell us the story of Icarus, and then B, tell us where to look for Icarus in this painting? It's pretty amazing. Well, Hang on for a second, and I, let's see. Okay, you can tell us the story of Icarus, but see if anybody else can find Icarus. No, let, let's see if anybody can find him first. I shouldn't have started trying to write this. Yeah, poor Icarus, who became a symbol for reaching too high and also using substandard materials, I suppose. But but he, uh, yeah, exactly. And he, uh, yeah, he, his, his, the wax with which his wings were held on melted because he flew too close to the sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they... Uh, Anyway, he made a big mistake and landed in the sea. Yeah, Daedalus is his father. If you, yeah, my scribbles along here. Daedalus was his father. And they both were a family of, of quite amazing uh, heroic uh, inventions. Yeah, and, and really you'd have to say they were craftsmen and, and artisans. And uh, they, uh, yeah, Icarus, well, and Daedalus, his dad, both reached too high. And poor Icarus landed in the sea. And Roz... Can you now point out Icarus? Exactly. All you see of Icarus is his, it's two legs. There are actually two legs sticking up out of the sea, yes. And that's all you see of Icarus, even though the painting is, 
I don't think so. I don't think you see. I don't think you see the wings, although you see the metaphorical echo of wings in the sails. Yeah. They look like wings, but of course they're not. They're not those of poor Icarus. But yeah, he, they're just two legs of his. Sort of, well, they're sort of semi together and gracefully pointed, and that's all you see of him. The rest of him is already in the sea. And it's important to notice how tiny that detail is when you look at W.H. Uh, Auden's very famous poem uh, based on it. And uh, I think you'll see how so many poems are based on a work of art but then go off in their own direction and become modern, even they're, they're about an old painting. Reader, please. Okay, the, the, the number of volunteers here is overwhelming. So I'm going to volunteer an actor. Are you... Oh, you're a songwriter, right? Oh, yeah. That's okay. I, I was, I was mixing you up with, with. suffering they were never wrong the old masters so any any responses or comments I imagine some of you are or have read this poem before because it's a favorite in anthologies very often almost always pale pale paired with the painting itself but I don't think you have to be familiar with it beforehand to to think about those first two lines and say oh yeah Oh, there's, as, as, if we get a chance, which we will actually, to identify the murals, which are from Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, and were commissioned while the library here was being built many, many, many years ago. And um, so they actually were made for this space. And you will see a couple that are, at least one that's way gory. Yeah. No, th- it's from The Fairy Queen, and it's a... a epic poem that <gasps> he was great with armor. I tried to make armor for myself when I was a kid because I spent a lot of time in the Pratt Library and there's a couple of armored women here and they were just so hot. They really are. Oh, that's that was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, 
But anyway, back, we'll get to those wonderful murals. And because Kim has, with great foresight, provided me with a booklet. It's still, there's only one copy of it, but a booklet that identifies the subject of each of the paintings. So we will definitely look at those. But um, to make it smaller for us, so it's intimate. Really? I think you can. Can you come in here during the day? Is it really close to the public? Oh, well, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I've been to lots of the events in here that use part or the whole room, which is really large. So yeah, usually there's at least part of it closed off. Yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. such an urge to go get one of those things that, you know, those little brass things, and you plug them into the wall, and they sit over the painting, and, you know, just to be able to see these in the, in the evening. But, of course, Pratt's library's uh, hours of budget necessity are not, not so many of them are late in the evening either. So, in the daytime, these are, these are pretty vibrant. I know that, that uh, Francis was extremely worried about the conservation aspect, and and it's a, a very legitimate worry because they're, they're amazing. But, um, yeah, how well they understood their human, its human position, suffering. Its human position. Does anybody ever do something like eat breakfast and watch the news at the same time? And you're thinking, how, how am I sitting here chewing a bagel and drinking coffee when, when that's... And, but you do, right? You, you do chew and eat your bagel and drink your coffee. You know. But the, the, any responses at all to anything in here that, that we should talk about? I won't be able to answer it. <laughs> but go ahead. It talks about the support. Yeah. And I don't know how we would go into the No, I, it's a, that's a very, very good question. I don't, th I don't think there's an answer to it. Right, I have, I have two. And it's just a stra extrapolation, but... Well, and... We know that there were a lot of horrible things going on at the period when the yeah this was during the Inquisition so yeah yeah so let's not forget that there was a lot of that that stuff going on and probably you could say that of any era so it's not even hitched to an era but if you look at the the type the type of ship and also the outfit of the uh, plowman you can see it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. But. No. Auto de Fe. 
Yeah, bur burning people has not been is not new. But yeah, but I think I think his take on it here is so manifest also in the painting itself. I mean, it's such it's such a canny painting because uh, there's another swimmer in the picture, much closer to the foreground, and but Icarus is the one way in the back that you can hardly see, and uh, yes, it's amazing. For one that's closer to home, if you turn to what's known as page one of one only because that was what printed on the page, but it's somewhere in here, folks, uh, Baltimore Uproar by Roma Bearden. Um, and uh, this is a poem by Reginald Harris, who uh, was uh, an employee here at uh, the library. And is, isn't he coming back? In New York, yeah, yeah. For somehow there was a, oh, there was this wonderful rumor that that he was coming back to the Pratt, but he, that's this is Reggie Harris down there, um, uh, photographed and one of the one of the lovelier people on earth. But what? which is absolutely bizarre. But you will find that Poets House does have some Baltimore Poets books, partly because of, of Mama here, because yeah, I, I yeah, they do solicit publishers to, uh, to contribute books. But, so they aren't just you know, books, but they're books that Brick House published. But they do include some of the Baltimore Poets. So I know there are a couple of there. Yeah, it, it, it used to be housed here. Uh -huh. Thank you. Yeah, I think I have a recent one. We need a reader for Baltimore Uproar, and if you look at the uh, the uh, Romer Bearden painting from which the poem takes off, you will uh, almost certainly recognize uh, our dark lady, who is Billie Holiday, sure. And uh, could we get a reader? Jim, you were going to read to us before, so you can read to us now, okay? And that's that's the artist from whom the painting takes off, and it's got its own title, so read it too.
transform. Isn't it gorgeous? Notice the first line is also get off here. Thank you for not letting us lose those last two lines. Wow. Notice, too, that this illustrates a point about ekphrastic poetry that uh, she doesn't have her gloves on in the picture. I mean, you know, he's taking off from the picture, and uh, but he's not, you know imitating the picture. He's not trying to say, hmm, gloves in her left hand, having already been unsheathed. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a, uh, he's got the glitter and the spangle and the multicolored stones. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's also very, he's a, a very, very good reader of his own poems. So their musicality really comes through. And you did a good job, too. And I think that just shows us that, well, first of all, you are a good reader. But secondly, the music is in the poems. I mean, you can read it with a tin ear and a bronze stone tongue. And, and still, if you read the words, the, the music is very much here. And um, I mean, just look at a line like, spangled shards of sound. I mean, it just, it's just yummy. Yeah. Turning tricks to trickster by the music. Um, there's, there's, there's many ways of, there are many details of their life that are problematic. Oh, yeah. 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 I, 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 have, to, I have to think that Reggie wouldn't have had her turning tricks if, yeah, I think they're, uh, I think her biography is, checkered. But I like that she turns tricks to trickster. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's neat that we were also talking about the metro, so the tracks on her arm are all, you know, they, were, there's, there's, they link up so nicely with the tracks on the, on the metro. Um, well, but I think that's the thing. Well, uh, okay, as the oldest person in this room, I will now announce proudly that I know something that you don't know, and that is that there was a an elevated that in Baltimore, mm-hmm, and you could get on it, and it went from like, I mean, I remember getting on it at Chase Street with my grandmother to go all the way to Dickeyville, way west Baltimore, 
and it was great. And they had, it was, huh? Yeah, right. The trolley, there are trolley tracks all over the place. But, but also, there is the metro, and that's now. And it seems to me that, I don't know, don't you think that he's situating this poem in a now? As well as a past? Yeah, I mean, sure, there's, I think, these multicolored stones, you know? There's a lot to be said about pronouns, and one of them is they can locate things in time. Those would put them over there, another time and place. But, like, these stones, they're right here. So, so I think he's also locating it in, in, to some extent in the present. And there is an Avenue Market metro station, and it's, it's here and now, right? Yeah. Are you... Uh, are you pleased with the changes they're proposing to the metro? So, okay, I forget. Does the met does the red line go anywhere? Does it cut across near Mondalmin? Avenue Market. Is it the one I'm thinking of? I'm, I'm th you don't know what I'm thinking of, but I'm sorry. Uh, where's That's what I thought. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's so neat that that area is resuscitating like crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and uh, the Avenue is the home of, of a lot of places that have come back to life. The Avenue Bakery. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that area, yeah. But do you think it's really, it's not coming back? I'm sorry, folks, but we, it's, it's just, we do Yeah, yeah. But the funny, I mean, before people my age are all dead, I mean, I used to go over there at Fulton Street and Pennsylvania Avenue and the Tijuana Club and the Comedy Club and the places, and, and Red Fox, which was the Red Fox that you know of. You, you ran a, a nightclub there and you could hear the Modern Jazz Quartet there and you could, Horace Silver would share his piano stool with you and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and Fulton Avenue. But Reginald Harris is not an old person, and I think it's wonderful that with poems like this, and also you know the fact that there is a piece of art that you can also reference, he's he's doing something wonderful. But just here's what oh my goodness, here's what I think it would be a really good idea to do. You have these to have and hold, or make airplanes over, whatever you would like to do with them. There's some really good stuff here, trust me. And uh, but I would also like to, since we're in this room, and we're not in this room every day, and many people are never ever in this room, and even though it's, the lighting is not perfect, I would like to help people 
know what um, the panels are, and um, I don't know what the best way to do this. Um, I don't know. Kim, yeah. Why? I mean, I think you you do need to get up and walk if you would. And this is this is number one, I believe. Yeah, book one, the Red Cross Knight or Holiness. Very pre-Raphaelite in in spirit, and quite gorgeous these are. So, and they're all illustrations of of the seventeenth century work by Edmund Spencer, who is popping up right there. See Edmund Spencer. Yes, the Spencerian stanza and the Spencerian sonnet. It's it's a rhyme scheme, and it didn't have any break. These were Kim, help, Kathleen, help. When were they painted? I don't have the article in front of me. Oh, Kim provided us with. It's they're by A. Lee Ziegler, a Baltimore artist, and in this article, which was in 1945, he was putting the final touches on these. Yeah. And they're they're in the, the you know the pre-Raphaelite style, but he was much later. Okay. So we have holiness. We are at this one, that's holiness. Well, it there's the fairy queen is is imaginary. It's a, yeah, and well, not really. It's it's later than she is, but but uh, she is in one of the paintings down there, and it's kind of dedicated to, to her. That says, not mighty has but make maketh them to swell. It looks like smart, but dawn. Dawn, not mighty hearts. Um, I think you got it there. I don't know whether this one is in here. Yeah. Something, something, not mighty hearts. Oh, oh, oh. Something daunteth not mighty hearts, but maketh them to swell. And that's not smart. I. That's a sun inspiring G, I think. But it's a, I think that is a T at the end, but yeah. it's got a couple, yeah, the, and also, um, yeah, it's a quotation from, we can check it, book three, canto three. But that is Sir Phillips, uh, Sir Edmund Spencer, who is popping up there, uh, being immortalized. And then we have this person that we think of as Joan of Arc-esque, but is not. 
good for you? Yeah. Uh, mutability is down there. Mutability or constancy. Can we go down there? Yep, sure. This one is somebody presenting something to Floribel, who is the lady in the, in the wonderful dress. We have to peek through an office to see Floribel. This is, this is book five, uh, Tournament at the Marriage of Floribel. Sir Aragal presents Floribel with the magic belt. There's another one here called Chastity, and it's got a very luscious nude. Oh. Hmm? That is mutability or constancy. Oh, no, that's not mutability or constancy. Yes, it is. Panel 16, Life, Death, and Time, The Months. Surely Pan is springtime, as are they really. Where is the one where uh, it's full of gore? There's a very gory one. Yeah, book one, The Red Cross Knight or Holiness. That's panel three. Yeah. Brightemart, or Chastity, who is a very luscious female nude. Um, I don't see her in this gathering. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Uh, I don't see any. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah. And also, the. Oh, see, there's Queen Elizabeth. Right there, sort of. With her red hair, and there, there are very few. It, it's, it's an allegory, so there are very few actual historical characters in there. Although I've always been curious about the guy in the uh, academic robe because he looks like a portrait. Doesn't he? I mean, And I think, have these been, um, when they were installed, a lot of them are in sections. In other words, are they installed in sections? Because I don't think the sections are, yeah, they, I don't think that there are a couple that are clearly missing. And then there's some very, very long ones that, that there are only parts of. 
this one I think is in fire. Now, is this just a, a puppet downstairs for artists as writers? Are any of these in the, in the artists? That's, that's just completely weird. Was this based on Fairy Queen? And all the characters in here are characters from the Fairy Queen. I did as an undergraduate, which means that it was in the early 19th century. Okay, see this one? There's like a million panels of mutability and constancy, but the only one that's here is this one. Does it have your uh, email yeah, address on it, so that I don't have to? I don't have to yeah, be no, profound no, no, about it tonight. No, that's great. Oh, that is smart. It means pain. Smart is sort of yeah, pain. Pain doesn't the mighty heart. So it really is smart. Yeah. Gracious. Oh, very. That so often happens. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I know. That's that's look incredible. That. Look at that. Is that not incredible? That is incredible. That is just gorgeous. I should email you these. Yes, okay? absolutely. And, you know, I will go back. And I'll, I'll I had sure. two or three ecrastic poems that I, one was the siren, and another one was a concert mm -hmm. that I did. That, that I made a long ago. Like, oh, well, email them. Email them. Yeah. So anyway, folks. We have a half an hour left, and there's lots of ways we could proceed from here. But this is so amazing. Did anybody else take photographs? They have you looked at them? But they come back. They come out so much. The color is so much better on your your iPhone. It's unbelievable. Oh, but you did you use your phone to photograph them? But I mean, she's. I guess she's got a tablet. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the, the color has come out so much, much clearer than it is there.
It's just what's... Oh, that's right. I started to say it's wet here, but I'm the only one that has the book. So just in case anybody is interested in the formality of the Fairy Queen, it occurs to me that there is such a thing called the Spenserian stanza, and it has a rhyme scheme. It has a rhyme scheme like that, A, B, A, B, B, C, B, C, B. It's sort of like a, it's almost like a miniature sonnet. And um, do this better. And Spencerian stanzas are an iambic pentameter, if you want to be a purist about it. Um, so each line theoretically goes like. Right. It's very tightly interlocked. I wasn't even thinking of getting into that tonight, but since we've got the Fairy Queen all around us, we might as well. I mean, it was, it was an invention that uh, it will help you on your college record exams, folks. Once upon a time, there was a question, who is the author of this stanza? And I checked, and the rhyme scheme was this. So I proudly wrote Spencer Y. Was that right? Because he's the only person that ever used it. That published. That's the only. He's the. So I, I challenge anybody who wants to to write some poems using the Spencerian stanza because nobody but Spencer did. It was like it was like the coolest giveaway question ever. If you knew what the rhyme scheme was, you could say, mm, I know. It, it is hard to do because it's so tightly interlocked, and uh, he certainly did it for uh, hundreds of stanzas. Right. There, by the uncertain glimpse of starry night, and by the twinkling of their sacred fire, he he, he might perceive a little dawning sight of all which there was doing in that choir, amongst whom a woman spoiled of all attire, I think she was naked, um, he spied lamenting her unlucky strife, soon's one with a naked knife, ready to launch her breast and let out loved life. It's good. It rhymes a lot. Sometimes, I mean, that's why I stumbled so badly right then. And also, he deliberately used very archaic 
spelling. They didn't really spell like that by the time he was writing. No, he was he was deliberately making it as heroic and archaic as possible. So this that that is not. I mean, in Spencer's time, modern alphabet, modern modern spelling, not only standardized but modern. And so the, those those sonic-firing G's and all were not. He, he was doing that on purpose to be. You know how. Even today, people say, if I'm writing a poem, I've got to say V and thou a lot. And O with, and, and o with no H. That's, that, huh? You can if you want. It's, the, it's just the second person singular. It just means that you're on intimate terms with the person. You can do it in French and Spanish. And like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why we decided to abandon a perfectly good... Oh, perfectly good tense. But look, folks, here's what I'd like you to do, because we, because time's a wasting. Um, and I don't mean that you're wasting time. That was a very long implication. But what would be, I think, useful to everybody in here is if you just jotted, jotted down some notes like you did last time toward a possible poem, toward something you might want to work on, maybe even towards something somebody else might want to work on, because I want to steal... I want to steal Mandalman for You know, I got to thank you for reminding me of Mandalman. So it needs all the leadership it can get. Oh, I'm sorry. We were just having a chit-chat about Mundalman. All I was saying was I was, I was going to uh, steal Mundalman because I hadn't been giving it much thought until learning that Francis was a community leader there and working hard on saving it from the pits of dissolution. But You'll find that there are blank pages in this booklet, so if you didn't bring anything to write on, there's plenty. And Kim, where is your trusty jar of pencils? Did, it, did I... I need this better. Oh, and Kim also very kindly brought cookies. That was very sweet in every sense. Uh, Does everybody have something to write with? I know you have stuff to write on. Okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this with for now. Mm -hmm. I know we're just getting going. Okay. It is smart. As in pain. Right. Right. Hurt. Yep. 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 It usually is. It's in the pole room as a rule. Oh, oh, you mean to continue? Well, the thing is that my problem is that, that I mean, anybody who felt like it could meet, if you all wanted to exchange email addresses and... 
It's it's not that it's not willing. It's just that it's, it's its schedule is such that this is yeah, you know, it's booked. So there are some things Why did you tell people about poetry out loud? Because that's. Yeah, and does not compass come by email as well as by? And Kim had put some of those out also. There is a ton of activity going on here, and and much of it is related to poetry. Thanks for. Yeah, this comes by mail, and it's it's absolutely amazing what's going on online. Yeah, online is more current, naturally. Right, but uh, yeah. Well, if you felt like it, all, all I was suggesting was make some notes towards something that might turn into a poem. And then if we share those insights, then we'll free free to filter from you also. Can everybody see that? Yeah, because this is a very organized stanza. Uh, theoretically, it goes da dum da dum da dum da dum da dum. Doesn't matter how many syllables, so much as five. Well, five feet. Okay. If you, if it's easy, it's easier on the spur of the moment to think of it as a ten-syllable line. But mm, that would be twelve. That would be twelve. The reason why it's not really a ten-syllable line is because uh, to be or not to be—that is the question. You have to take the shun off question. It's it's really goes in feet, and most of them are the dumb.
know that you want to offer to anyone. Yeah. Well, when you think about the yeah, I am. Most lines are going to be da dum, but they don't all have to be da dum. Especially if you're John Donne, who's writing a poem where one line goes, "Death, thou shalt die," and every line, you know, every every syllable is that kind. So, but it's sort of mostly da dum. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so it's it's so native to it's the way speech goes in English. Yeah, yeah, something that takes off from. Yeah, I, I, I just had that up on the board because it crossed my mind that while we're talking about Spencer, he did invent a stanza that nobody else used. <laughs> but no, I mean, my, my point here is much more a work of art.
Let me look. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, there was there some there was some neat stuff there. That was, this was from, yeah, that was, this, that was from this time, and this was from last time. Right, that, this was from last time. I'm pretty sure she was. Right. 
Right, I'm pretty sure she was. I mean, I, I know you're talking about, but I can't remember whether it was this time or you know, the last time, or Marion. Yeah. No, I don't think she was here last time either. Yeah, take it. Yeah, by all means. Take two, they're small. No, you're right. She wasn't. She, I'm, I'm quite sure she wasn't here last time. Yeah. Folks, we are going to have to leave for the mercy of the staff and the security guards who will have to um, be very upset <laughs> if, if, yeah, we'd have to spend the night here, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You almost did on the elevator, didn't you? But, yeah. yeah, I do too. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the elevator. Um, if, you're, if you're still on a roll and counting on your fingers and, oh, but you're rubbing your hands with glee. Okay, so if, you, if you're okay with sharing what you've got so far, including a cry of despair or of glee, and we're just going to be totally, uh, you know, arbitrary and just go right around, and we're going to start. Kathleen, I think you were writing something, weren't you? Uh, no, unfortunately. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, and... Oh, we were just we were chatting, but I was listening to everything you were saying. So I've got all sorts of ideas for for the reminiscence of Pennsylvania Avenue, though. No. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't being clear. Okay, Robin, you're leading an invisible orchestra. Were you working on the Spencerian stanza? Yay! You want us to come back to you so you can keep going for a minute? Okay, and let's see. So. Okay, now, did you, did you get anything down? Okay, okay, we'll come back. Okay, and...
Actually, I can I can see why Kevin asked that though because it had it had a very uh, it had a, a fluid rhythm that is I mean it, it, we do often talk like that I'm more of a trochaic person dudum dudum but um, in all seriousness it's it's the reason I am at pentameter was done so well by so many people over the years is that it's so close to ordinary the rhythm of ordinary speech. But, I mean, if you think of when that apple in the shoulder fell to the ghost of Marsha captured to the rota, and then, you know, that's Chaucer, which is very modern Middle English, and then you think, to be or not to be, as the question, whether it is noble in the mind to suffer the things and hours of outrageous fortune, or to take up arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing, and them. You know, I mean, it's, it, Hamlet is just speaking like a guy. You know, it's totally modern, modern-sounding English, and it is what's known as modern English, but, yeah, so, so, this is not, you know, a huge, huge stretch, but it does, it does create some discipline. So you were, I think you were among the, 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 the finger counters on. Were you working on a formal structure? I was, uh, I was So would you, would you tell us what you started, or would you rather not? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> a bridge across the turning sky of clouds. Ton of progress. Wow. Do your songs rhyme? No. 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 no I'm so curious because there's some interesting near rhymes in a lot of in a lot of songs. Jen. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Do you think that acrostics will ever inspire you? I bet it will. Sure. Yeah, because there's so much. I mean, there's so much out there. Yeah, Jacqueline Kennedy's fault. Yeah. Yeah, good subject. Yeah, and because I mean, one doesn't have to have the idea that it has to be a painting, a, a famous anything. It can be anything that's it can be anything that's in a medium primarily other than words. I was using words, and in some cases, words and music, because there is acrostic music also. Yeah, so that was. Yeah, I, I, there was an exhibit at the Maryland Historical Society of the Duchess of Windsor's yeah. clothes. It was great, and then I was thinking, some people are too thin and too rich. So I, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I know, I'm not, I'm not a fan. But you know, poor, useless people. But anyway, um, let's see. We have, has everybody that wanted to share shared. I will just I will just make a confession. I was trying to write in a Spencerian stanza about Mondalmin, and there was only a couple of lines that I liked. Corner of Pennsylvania and Fulton Avenues, there was a time you dad your bosom with Chanel to hear Coltrane. And it is true, you got dressed up. You didn't just go slopping over there, you know, in your sloppies. And you are now Oh no, it's not worth listening to again. Um, 
swelling of the heart with ice. But if an ache persists, is it relieved? I see. They stir the body, not a vice. Unless, <laughs> oh. unless the heart, okay. And where would you, if you weren't trying to fit it into a stanza, where would you want to take that? Well, the whole thing I wanted to do, it's, it's going to the head mm. and the swelling of the head and mm. the moral. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's where I wanted to go. Yeah. Well, go. Well, that's all I can say. I know you can't yeah, write this minute. No, nope. I can't write it right now. But that, that, I, yeah, that's what I wanted. Well, I wanted to do like the swelling of the heart and the head. Yeah. yeah, I mean that—that's the one that fascinates me most. Oddly enough, yeah. that and the, the, the cool outfit oh, on, yeah. on the arm and maybe. But um, if, it, if anybody wants to finish this and wants at least another set of eyes, not very holy eyes, but just another human person's eyes, that's my email address. And um, who knows, I'll, I'll figure out something to do with these. And maybe uh, uh, if you have already, do you have email addresses for people? Uh, I've got two people here. Well, I'm just asking, uh, yeah, Kim, Mike, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll get that from you later. Uh, one way for me to have uh, your email address. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. I, I will make sure I do. But if you send me something, then I'll have your email address. Got that? So that's good. Um, there were a couple of announcements. This is the last time this group meets, and there's so many good things still going on. And Kim, do you want to tell us? We are going to, gents, just hang on a second, because uh, Kim has some announcements to make. I will never phone you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I don't do weird things with people. You know. No, no I, I'm, I'm good. But I think a lot of people have started things that they might like a few other eyeballs to see. So if you want, there's a route to, to doing that. And you don't have to feel obligated at all. But so many of you in these three or however many workshops you've, you've come to have been able to do such amazing things. So, Kim, you're on with announcements, right?
so if you, um, if you manage to pick up any of the materials, you'll notice there's stuff going on forever. And it's great stuff. Thank you all for being here. Oh, <laughs> no.